Thanks for the download. It's me, Sam Roberts of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the show. Before we get started, I work a lot, very hard, to make sure that I put on a good podcast for you each and every week, at least 90 minutes of content for free, all the back episodes available for free, all the videos of most of the interviews available on the YouTube channel for free. What do I ask in return? Just a couple of things. Do me the biggest favor. Please go to iTunes. Look up Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, subscribe. But most importantly, leave a review and hit five stars. Leave a review, hit five stars. It really, really helps the podcast. It helps spread the word. And I can't tell you, uh, it's free for you to do. And it's going to make it so much easier for me to do this for free over and over and over again. The other thing you can do, if you're shopping at Amazon anyway, I'm not asking you to do anything extra, but if you're shopping at Amazon anyway, go to notsam.com slash Amazon. Do your shopping the same way you normally would at Amazon, but a little kickback goes to help the podcast. Those two things, very, very simple. They go a long way. And now, what do I do in return for you? I give you this, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome, welcome, welcome. By the way, one of my favorite parts about WrestleMania weekend a couple weeks ago was finding Howard Finkel at the Hall of Fame so I could thank him again for the amazing voice work that he did here on the podcast. You talk about adding credibility. You put Howard Finkel's voice on anything and tell me that it's not a big deal. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. First, thanks to everybody for all the feedback on last week's episode. Uh, I got a lot of positive comments, both on my, uh, on my, uh, I was, people called it a eulogy for the Undertaker character. Um, so, I mean, it was just off the top of my head. I didn't plan on it. It's just something that I did. So I really appreciate how much most of you liked it. Uh, and I also appreciate all the positive comments I got on the A.J. Lee interview that was part of the show last week. If you want to see that interview with your eyes, not just your ears. I know you've seen it with your ears on the podcast. But with your eyes, go to YouTube.com slash Jim and Sam Show. Uh, that uh, YouTube channel for our Sirius XM show with Jim Norton has the AJ video up. It's got a brand new video with Nikki Bella and Lana up. You can also go to my YouTube page, youtube.com slash notsam, and you can see from WrestleMania interviews with The Big Show and Roman Reigns that have not and will not air on this podcast exclusively to youtube.com slash notsam uh, as they aired on Sirius XM. So check those out. Um... And I'm excited about this week's episode. This week, we've got Bray Wyatt on as the guest. Now, this uh, episode was taped at the time when Bray was uh, the heavyweight champion of the world. But it's not so much about the WrestleMania match as it is about where he was mentally going into WrestleMania this year, especially as compared to last year. If you remember the interview we did with Bray Wyatt about a year ago, he was not in a good place. Luke Harper had just been injured. He wasn't officially on the WrestleMania card. Like, it just wasn't a good time to be Bray Wyatt. This year, he went into WrestleMania as champion of the world. So we got to talk to him about that. 
I got to talk to him about uh, where he's at with his career now, about uh, the status of the Wyatt family as a faction, and, and how he feels about where they stand, and a whole lot of other stuff. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, let you guys hear that for the first time. I also have a lot to talk about in State of Wrestling. I was at Raw in Long Island at the new Nassau Coliseum this week, uh, which is, I mean, it's just so fun going to the shows live. But a lot of observations from the live crowd in Long Island for this Superstar Shake-Up episode of Raw, uh, as well as uh, I'll be talking about everything uh, with the Superstar Shake-Up, what the face of Raw looks like, what the face of SmackDown looks like, where it could all go. Oh, what a podcast this is going to be. What a week it's been. The reason what a podcast this is going to be is because wrestling's good. That's what the podcast is all about, isn't it? I'm a wrestling fan who still enjoys wrestling, as are most of you that are listening to this. We get along, right? I think so. Let's get into uh, our interview this week here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Uh, The Eater of Worlds, Bray Wyatt, um, just days before losing the WWE Championship. Here it is. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Well, look who's back. The Eater of Worlds, Bray Wyatt. Bray, once again. What's the haps? Yeah, I, I, I knew this was going to happen. As I was walking over here, I was planning on what I was going to say, and now you get nothing this time. Nothing. Nothing, just, you know. What, well, do you remember the first time I tried to? Yeah. <laughs> tried, you just looked at me like. I think I remember the first ten times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, like, I was just saying, I remember you asking Lozner, and he ruined it. He did, he did. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the thing. Like, you watch that, and you're like, how am I yeah, supposed to come yeah. back? Now he's. He stole my thing. <laughs> he did. He did completely. <laughs> well, man, you've, uh. You've had, of course, uh, I'm, I, you're probably aware that I feel like I spent a lot of time complaining about uh, you not winning more matches yeah. over the last, like, two years. And then you, uh, the draft happens, and you end up in a prime slot on SmackDown and win the heavyweight championship of the world. Oh, like, yeah, it's been a ride. Yeah, has this all been hitting you, like, all at once crazy? Because the tag titles weren't that long ago. That yeah. was the first championship that you won. Yeah. And then to go from that, be like, okay, now it's time for the world title. Are you like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, it took so long to get here, the fact that it's all coming seemingly so quickly. Yeah, well, I think that was, you know, I think people expected it of me a long time ago, and I definitely expected it of myself. And it was it was, it was, was everything that I wanted to obtain while I was here, and the tag titles was a beautiful thing because, you know, it'll go down as me and Randy won them, and me and Randy were pretty much unstoppable at that time it was it was a shame you know if we had been on the same page we'd probably still have them right now yeah we could just decorate the whole place with all of them yeah you'd be the new horseman you just have all the gold (laughs) yeah so yeah you know this is a huge 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 deal for me it's made my life's work complete you know here we are yeah so is that that what happens like i always wonder like do you feel like everything after now is just like the icing like you've you've done it you've got your moment no no there's a, there's a lot of stuff I have to do yet, you know. This mm-hmm. is just, this is something that was very important to me. And uh, this this is something that will cement me, you know. Forever I will be remembered as something, you know, special. Yeah. But I, I am, uh, my body is, is ready to roll for another 15 years, you know. Really? Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not looking at stopping any point. And I got a lot that I want to do, a lot that I want to achieve, you know. You do that deliberately, like you know how to maintain your body, because I feel like it looks like, as we're watching, you're throwing yourself around <laughs> a lot. 
And it's not like you wrestle limited dates. Like, you wrestle all the time. Yeah, I've, I've literally spent my entire life destroying my body. Right. So how do you how do you know you got 15 years left? I in just it? know. You do. <laughs> you do. I got, I got nowhere else to go. Because <laughs> I got nowhere else yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is where I belong. And, uh, and you know, you know, and hope would have it that I last that long. But yeah. That's where I see myself. Do you feel good going in this year? Because last year, I think it was a year ago that yeah. Harper got injured and you were kind of here at wrestlemania you were bummed out yeah about the about the whole thing yeah it was, I, was, I was very i was in a very bad place past wrestlemania you were you know uh you know emotionally and physically i was a little beat up you know mm-hmm. but uh but it was like all that rage and, and anger you know is what kind of drove me this year and and brought me to where I am now. You know, last year I'm going in and I remember this doing this exact thing right here, this media row. Yeah. And going to place to place to place and everyone going, Oh, you wrestled the uh, Undertaker last year and seen the year before that and you have no match on the card and, and oh is it over for old Bray? And I was just just telling everyone, No, 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 be patient. Right. And, you know, it's it, man, it's just really cool for me. A year You're later, probably telling yourself too yeah, at the same time, be yeah, patient, yeah, be yeah, patient, yeah, yeah. like don't don't freak out. You know, here I am a year later, I'm walking into WrestleMania as the champion, you know, and defending the title. How did you feel about what you ended up doing last year with your segment with The Rock? Cuz you know, there's two ways of thinking about it. Yeah. It's a huge segment with arguably the biggest star in the history of the business. And he but is. he is. He is. But at the same time, it's like did that further Bray Wyatt? Well, you know what I mean? Like, how did how did you take that? Yeah, well, that's the thing is, I I don't I don't want to I want to be the Rock. I want to be the next Rock, and you know, and being in there with him and 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 seeing the energy that he can cause the fans to go through, you know, is, is an amazing thing. But I don't I don't want to be a guy that gets beat up by the Rock. Right. I want to be the Rock. You know, right. I want to be better than the Rock. But there's also a couple ways of looking at it. I think that depending on what you do after that is how that story gets told. Like if you do nothing after that, then the, the, the video is you got beat up by the rock. But if you do something like win the title and oh, continue yeah. to do what you're yeah. doing, then the video is what happened right before that. When you said you were kicking the door down, yeah, it was to say, I don't have this uh, championship for a whole nother year. And call right. the rock out in the next WrestleMania <laughs> yeah. in New Orleans. Yeah. Town, so. so what's, what's the moment for you winning that title? Is it, Holding it in the ring? Is it when they put the side plates on? Is it? It was walking out of the, this exact elimination chamber that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. There's stairs right there, and like as I got it, it was kind of surreal. Like I don't, I don't remember what I was thinking in that place. You know, in that time, I can't, I can't remember. Right. I do remember walking out and holding it up for the first time, and and seeing people looking back at me and just kind of like applauding it, you know? And, yeah. And I'm as evil and horrible as anyone could be. <laughs> I know I'm not hiding it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, it was a, it was a true statement that they made just giving it back to me the way they did. Do you now, okay, so you win the title. Do you then realize that like, okay, I need to amp up the evil because right now I'm almost coming off as sympathetic because people have been waiting like people uh, love the character so much they've been waiting so long to see something like this happen I can't be that guy oh uh, yeah it didn't help that Randy's been a real dirtbag to me lately <laughs> <laughs> you know? but uh, uh I don't think like that I can only be me yeah so when I come out as champion and when I take on Randy at, at Wrestlemania I'll be coming out as a as a violent human being and mm-hmm. I can be taken however people want to see it. <laughs> that will be what's on my mind let's get violent do you like that the uh you know I don't know if I don't want to use 
I don't know if you want to use the word like it, it, it it's it's pushing the boundaries of like Satanism and 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 all that, right? Like when I'm watching, I like that because yeah. I feel like it's it's a little more intense. It starts to get like, oh, there really yeah. is some like weird like worshiping voodoo, black magic, yeah. something Satanism going on here. Voodoo. I'm a Christian, you know. I believe in God. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a very <laughs> intriguing statement to a lot of people these days. Yeah. You know? and, and Especially I, I feel like when you brought the when yeah. you, when you bring the symbol out, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like okay, this yeah. is something different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I that's what I'm here to do. You know, I'm from New Orleans. You know, the, the, the voodoo and all that stuff, and I like to bring that in. You know, and I believe I believe in in miracles that other people wouldn't. You know, and I have a certain feeling about myself as a you know besides being something else and i truly truly believe that yeah i don't know i don't know what i am i just know i'm not like you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're just going with it yeah <laughs> that's amazing is the is your whole family out here to see this uh, i don't know who's here i haven't really seen anybody yet you're just doing it i'm kind of like in my own zone right now tunnel vision you know trying yeah. to get through this yeah so yeah how does uh how does wrestlemania week pan out for you because i know that like it's show to show to show to show but it seems like WrestleMania week stuff stops at least for a couple of days because you guys are all doing so much media. Mm-hmm. Is that when you have a chance to think about the fact that you're defending, not just in the right. match, but you're defending the WWE Championship at WrestleMania? Is that when it starts to like click in and you're like, I, I don't think I think ever since the match has been announced, I think all that's all I can think about. You yeah, know, this is a very very big deal to me. And I got the legacy to cement. You know, Randy is already 12-time world champion or whatever he is. And he's done it. You know, it's not his time anymore. It's mine. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've told a couple of people this. You know, I'm ready to go out there and, and gamble my life on this. You know? Yeah. <laughs> this is who I am. This is where, I, where I'm supposed to be. And this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know? Yeah. So this is very important to me. And it's more important to me than it is to him. Who do you want to be? Defending the title against, like coming coming out of this, who would you like to be in the ring with in a world title scenario, oh, big man. picture match? There's a couple. There's a couple I haven't got to that I really would be interested in. Yeah, you know, uh, Seth Rollins I haven't got to. Yeah, know, AJ Styles, you know, and uh, just kind of a throwback to someone that I've been at war with my entire career, Dean Ambrose. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind. Uh, getting back in there with him because we create wonderful chaos together. Yeah, it's been we both spent our whole careers trying to kill each other, so it's very <laughs> fitting for us to carry on. How do you feel about uh, uh, Harper doing his own thing as opposed to you, know, you guys being kind of joined at the hip? I'm uh, mixed emotions on that. Yeah, you know, but where he's at now, he wants to go do his own thing, go do his own thing because I know where we are, I know who we are as people, and. Uh, when the time is right, we'll be we'll be back together. You know, he's he didn't go being my brother because he turned his back on me, and the same goes for me with him. You know, yeah. And when, when we're needed together, we'll be together again. You know, cause yeah. Like well, I said, we are brothers. It's very literal. He changed the yeah. tank top, but he's still wearing a tank top. <laughs> like he, he, he might have changed the color, but it's still yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still the same guy. I know who he is on the inside. <laughs> he can't change that. Absolutely. Uh, so, so you don't really take in that much WrestleMania weekend. You just tunnel vision, focus, focus, focus on this. Like right now, as we're talking, you right in your head is like, yeah, what I'm going to do in, yeah. in, in, in the Orton match. Yeah. What I'm going to do. And that's the way it has to be. I think anyone that tells you otherwise is either lying or they're not, they're not ready for this. Does Randy Orton share the same enthusiasm? Does he have that tunnel? I, Randy Orton didn't just get here by chance. Right. You know? like right. He has to, he has to, 
Yeah. And uh, he knows how dangerous I am and, and the things I'm willing to do to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Foley style. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not afraid. And he, he knows that that's something that he's going to have to deal with. Especially on this stage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially on yeah. this stage. Yeah, right. That would be the night to do it. Does it, does it get tough for you? Because you're a guy who's committed so much to your to your to who you are in the ring mm-hmm. to what you do like the psychology everything i feel like my impression is so important to you yeah. is it more difficult to work with somebody that's just like eh. you know because those you know without naming it those guys exist right they just kind of they're like yeah i know what I, I go in i do my stuff i leave and you're like no let's we well, do think, something here. yeah i think i think my uh, who i am and how i deal with things is kind of helps other people get into get into you know i have a certain way that i do everything and mm-hmm. and i'm i'm really into this you know i live for this, this is what i do and uh, i think my creativity and the, the, the things i say and how much i believe in everything mm-hmm. i think it kind of carries on to people and they they kind of get behind it when they're working with me uh because of that you know do you do yoga how do you get so flexible <laughs> i i started wrestling when i was three years old that's how i got <laughs> and that's <laughs> it Shout out to DDP. <laughs> do you do some DDP yoga? Yeah, I do. I'll do some DDP yoga. Yeah, you got to see. And that, I feel like if, if, if Bray Wyatt comes out and says, I do yoga, it's like, what? But if it's DDP yoga, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow DDP has made <laughs> it's it It's not your mama's yoga. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. The, the, the king of darkness. How do you feel about the comparisons? Because they, they, I feel like they came up at first. Then they started to slip away a little bit, and now with this run, I feel like they're coming back. The comparisons to the Undertaker character, like because that that Bray Wyatt character, I think because it's so all encompassing and so obviously a part of you, yeah. gets compared to the Undertaker, who again, there's a split off be- between the character and the person. There. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah but it's uh, for me to be compared to the Undertaker is you know un- unbelievable, and I've been in there with him. I. I did a WrestleMania against him two years ago, you know, yeah. and I and uh, another one against him and Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I uh, I don't think that if you put us side by side and you watched our work, it, they're not similar. They really aren't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the it's the dark stuff that people uh, that kind of brings us together and people want to branch us, you know. But but the thing is, is that we're we are completely different and. I think that uh, wrestling needs that kind of dark entity in it, you know? Yeah. And I just think that I bring it. I bring it in a completely different way, but it's still that entity that people need. They need that part of pro- professional wrestling Yeah. that kind of takes you out of the elements, you know? It's not two guys in, in MMA shorts, you know, rolling around. It's it's magic and, and you know, it's storytelling. Uh, your imagination. Yeah. 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 And yeah, it's, it's it's very it's very essential, I yeah. think, to to what we do in this industry. That someone like me, someone like the Undertaker, exists. What did you grow up liking about wrestling? Was it because I mean, you know, your family is kind of synonymous with yeah. both ends of the spectrum. Was it that sort of more southern wrestling, wrestling trunks two guys get uh, in? You know what I mean? Like, or was it the characters? And, yeah. the, and the and the the heavy storytelling that the WWF was doing at the time. One hundred percent, it was the storytelling. Yeah, and stuff like that. Like I, I've always been a huge fan of like horror movies. Mm. I like I like the, the the feeling of the thrill, you know. And I've always been attached to those kind of movies. So naturally, the progression was, you know, when I started watching wrestling, it was the more characters always caught my eye. You know, right. like one of my earliest memories of 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 this 
is uh, was Papa Shango and Ultimate Warrior and Papa Shango having the nasty black green ooze coming out of a you know yeah. Ultimate Warrior with a voodoo yeah and I think that type of stuff is the stuff that really sticks in my head you know yeah and it's amazing too because like. People look back on Papa Shango now like it was yeah. kind of like a goof, like that was a silly character. But I remember being yeah. eight years old and right. being in an audience and hiding, <laughs> terrified <laughs> of Papa Shango. And I thought it was voodoo was real. Yeah. It was yeah. Like a, there's oil coming down the Ultimate Warrior's head right and now. And that's the thing is voodoo is real. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's, there are people in this world that take that very, very serious. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but all of those characters, you know, you have to have them. So is that, is that something that, that you take very seriously as something as like you know the origins of what your character talks about? So if you portray it in a way that's not uh, – it's like being a, a rapper, right? Like right. when you're a rapper and you act like you're from the streets, eventually somebody from the streets is going to come up to you and be like, you're not from the streets. I'm going to prove that. Like is it like the voodoo culture? Mm-hmm. If they see their culture being appropriated in the wrong way – yeah, you know what I mean. That's that's got to be an important. Oh, I'm I'm sure they would, but uh, you know, I I live this. Right, so, that's what I mean. So, so for anyone to call me out on anything that I've said or that I've done, mm-hmm. and and try to falsify what I've done, they can try. Yeah, uh, they don't. This is me. This is real. You're really talking to me right now. Yeah, there isn't there is no one else. Right. So there's everything I say has to be right because I am him. I am him. We are we. And I buy it. I mean, every interaction I've had with you, I love when people come to me and they're like. Well, when you interviewed him, was he in character? I'm like, there is, that's it. It is what it is. Like, you're, you're seeing it. Yeah. What was your favorite entrance uh, that you've done at WrestleMania? I guess the two that stick out. I mean, last year was big just because yeah. of the segment it was in. But the two that really stick out was, of course, 30 and 31. Yeah. Were both kind of incredible. Yeah, and the, the one with, with Undertaker was kind of cool. Because with the you, got to, you got to see us back to back. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 but it was dusk, and it was different. Last year was unreal, man. But, yeah, like seeing all the lights and 106,000 people. That I can't. I I don't know if anyone will ever top that. You know, if I can ever top that, like being as a visual. But the but the first one was the most important to me because it was my first one. It was in New Orleans. You know, it was it was very important, and that's the one that I hold dearest to my heart. Do you strive for that moment, like when you're sitting there and you're psychologically you're not in a good place, like you don't like a year ago. Like, do you just go, I just need to get to the moment when I get out in front of people yeah. and I see those lights? Because yeah. it's like you don't even need – you get an audible reaction, but you don't even need the audible reaction. You can just look around yeah. and visually see yeah. the support. Like, are those – when you're not in a good place, are those the moments that you're like, I just have to get to the next one of those? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like – if I wasn't ever down, I could never be back up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's it's like I thrive on these times, and it happens just naturally in my head that when I'm thrown in the dirt, like, I cannot wait to get back up. And it is those moments, you know, getting in front of a crowd and going out there with someone and and just completely stealing the show. Yeah. You know, those are the things you want, yeah, I want to do. Right. And like the, the changes in me as a person and as my character. Where I started, where I am now, and mm-hmm. what's next. Like, those things are intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. You know, what I want to do is is be remembered for this, you know. I want to leave a legacy behind for everyone that ever loved me. Yeah. And, you know, I, and those those trying, tar- those trying times, that's what 
That's what brings me to, you know, the creativity, you know, that I need to get to the next level. Do you, are you a guy who plans out this character, like, years, like, here's what I want, or is it just like, let, I'm going to just see where this goes. Yeah. Like, I'm going to see where this evolves, what this evolves into, I don't know. Yeah, well, I think it's a natural progression of just a human being. We're, we change. Yeah. You know, you, I'm sure in 1998, you were wearing Jinko jeans. I mean, yeah. yeah, I was begging for Jinko jeans. <laughs> like, let me wear Jinko jeans. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but right now, if you're walking around with Jinko jeans, you, I'd probably look at you like you're insane. <laughs> right. You know? No, Bray, they're coming insane. back. They're yeah. coming back. I swear. <laughs> so, so. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's just a natural progression of, uh, of human human activity. Right. You know? I don't, I don't know where I'm going to be a year from now. I know I look different, but I don't know how. Yeah. I don't plan it. It's just kind of just me changing as an individual. Right. So like you look now and you're like, like if you went to the ring in a Hawaiian yeah. shirt right now, you're right. like, this wouldn't make sense for yeah, me yeah, yeah. anymore. If you showed me a picture of me with dreadlocks and all, and all this wild stuff. Right. Five years ago, I'd be like, well, what happened to me? Right. That's not what we're doing <laughs> here. That's, that's totally different. What, what did they do to me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Well, man, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy to see you in this moment. Yeah. Um, this is I'm sure you're happy to be in this moment. Do you travel with the championship? It never leaves my side. So it's in your carry-on. I'm sure you're not checking the yeah. championship. Yeah. Does it get stopped in like airport X-rays and things like that? They try to. Uh, you know, they they uh, they want to take it out and pick it up and stuff. I don't allow that. You know, this is this is, this is something I, I. It's very prestigious to me. Right. Don't like. I don't like them touching. You know? Yeah. It's not a toy. This is not it's something. Not a prop. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't something you can have and play with. You know, show your friends and take a picture with. Right. This, is, yeah. this is something I earned. It took me a lifetime right. to get to. Can I take a photo with this? <laughs> oh, you mean my life's work? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly. There's a Picasso <laughs> over here. You want to pick that up and like yeah. draw a little bit on it, like color in the part that he didn't do. I don't think so. Yeah. 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 Put your greasy fingers all over. Uh, I'd love nothing more. <laughs> well, man, uh, thanks for stopping by, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to to, to see this all go down. I, I was I was very excited to come over here and talk to you. You know, the only thing I don't like is that this this place right here is bringing back some good and bad memories. Well, <laughs> I was about to say the fact that that I'm broadcasting out of the elimination chamber. Am I on hollow ground? Because you, this, is, this is your this is mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You feel, I bet you feel like a real G in here. Right? <laughs> everyone else is tucked into these little these little cubbies, and you're in the elimination. They've chamber. all got to be so pissed. Don't they? <laughs> That's all right. You own it. You own it. You deserve it, Sam. How how annoyed? Before you go, how annoyed? Because I was annoyed for you. I was on Twitter after the elimination chamber pay per view, and they go. Oh, I can't believe they added mats to the elimination chamber. And I'm like, are you oh are you kidding me? You're 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 adding years yeah. to 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 a superstar's career yeah. by putting those mats. Down. I don't I don't know how authentic this is, but if anyone wants to just run and jump and land on that thing on their back, they, yeah. can, they can tell you that it's not it's very it's not fun. <laughs> Plus, I feel like you guys there's like this thin little mat yeah. on it, and so you guys were like, "All right, we'll just go to town." Oh, on oh it. yeah, and that, that's what happened too. Yeah. You know, but I mean, there's chains. This thing is horrible. It's, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I had bruises and cuts all over my body from this thing, and who knows where they came from? Yeah, not to mention, you know four or five other guys in there at any given time that want to just knock your head off, you know? So when does, it, when does that pain kick in? Oh. Uh, like, because I'm assuming... This was a special occasion. Right. <laughs> like, so the adrenaline just yeah, rushes it, and it, rushes. It, it, like, came, it, came off, it came off. Yeah. But usually about 
30 minutes, 45 minutes once you sit down yeah. and you and you really just let your body relax, like you will start feeling everything that you just did. Oh. But, and, and it's always worth it, you know. Yeah. Not always. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sometimes it's not worth it at all, but sometimes <laughs> but you, you get to look down and, and you see the championship yeah, in your yeah, life. Yeah. Like, yeah. And when you look down and see the championship, I would imagine that like now that one was worth it mm-hmm. and all of them were worth mm-hmm. it. And now, you know, I don't want to lose it, but. I want I wanted to be, you know, I want to have title after title after title, you know. How did your family react to you coming home? Because, like, you know, your dad, like, like there's so many legends yeah. in your family, and a lot of them never held the world championship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I actually didn't even know that. Paul Heyman told me that. Mm-hmm. He congratulated me, called me, and told me, he's like, you're the first one. Yeah. And I, I didn't know that, you know, because I never really, I never really, Measured my success with titles because I never really had any titles, mm-hmm. you know. So he, I I was just working hard and trying to be the best me that I could be. But when he told me that, you know, it was like it was a big wow. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, out, out of all of us, the, the I'm the one that did it. You know, that's that's not something I expected. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's always nice that, and that probably makes having the lineage a little easier when now you're yeah. like like it just. It's pushing forward and forward and forward. Well, well, I say this all the time, you know. I, uh, I, my whole entire life, I've, uh, no matter what accolade, what thing I did, great. The first paragraph was about everyone else in my family that was not me and all the things they had done. Mm-hmm. And now it's like when you when you look at anything about them, it's it's a it's a whole paragraph about me. It's amazing. <laughs> then, you, know, you know what I mean? It's like a real. It's it's that's a real cool thing to me. Yeah. You know that I kind of fit in and that. I've I've had the success because I've really worked, man. Yeah, you know I put my my life, my soul into this. So to get it, to see it coming back, man, is really cool. And do you want going forward? Do you like the idea of being on your own, or do you want some kind of Wyatt faction around you? It's going to be in and out forever. Yeah, I think we 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 are owed our own single successes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hope, I wish the best for Harper and them, you know, I hope they do great. But I'm always here, you know, and we're always brothers. Then we'll never stop being brothers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was that great moment. I think it was at Survivor Series when, like, Braun Strowman has this mm. huge run on Raw, never acknowledging yeah. that he was part of the Wyatt family. And then there's this, like, face-to-face, like, oh, yeah. yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, it just doesn't go away. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. And it never will, you know. And that's the thing is no one even ever asked me about Braun. Oh, will Braun ever be back? Of course he will. Yeah. <laughs> they always come back. Right. right. And if you'll notice, like I said before, they change. But they don't, like Braun looks different, but he doesn't look that different. Yeah, no kidding. You know what I mean? He's still yeah, Braun Strowman. I, I taught him how to tie his shoes. I taught him how to fly, and he remembers that. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for stopping by, man. Thank you and, for having uh, me, Sam. Have fun, dude. Thank you, buddy. Here is Sam Roberts. I love talking to Bray Wyatt on the podcast. He's just and and he is as as we described in the interview. He's a guy who the real person and the character kind of mix and blend in an interesting way. You know, I feel bad because I do feel like uh, if there was a weak point of WrestleMania, it was probably the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt match, not because of Randy Orton or Bray Wyatt by any stretch of the imagination, but I think. The story didn't quite have time to play out. Uh, I think the ending left a little bit to be desired by a lot of the fans. I know a lot of you guys have agreed with me on that. Um, And, you know, like all we want to do, anybody who listens to this show and agrees with me, all we want to see is Bray Wyatt succeed. I'm 
uh, anticipating good things. I'm optimistic about where he's going. I don't know anything about this House of Horrors match that's happening at the pay-per-view, but I am excited about the potential Finn Balor-Bray Wyatt uh, 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 rivalry going forward. We'll get into that in State of Wrestling uh, first. You know, we all demand things, right? We demand uh, uh, what we want to see in the ring. We go to we go to WWE shows, and we demand how certain guys get portrayed. Well, you demand this podcast. I don't know. I put it out on Thursday morning, but I see some of you listening to all. Some of you guys are listening to this weeks later. Why? Because you demand it. It's the world that we live in. Any that, that's why I get so confused when I go to the post office. And I see people still living by those traditional rules of the post office. No, 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 no. The things that go down at the post office now fit in to your on-demand world. How, you ask? Stamps.com. Wait till you hear this. Anything you can do at the post office now, you can do right from your desk with Stamps.com. If you got any kind of business or anything where you mail stuff, this is the thing you need to do. When I, w- I wish that there was stamps.com around when I was a tape trader or when I was selling like custom wrestling figures and stuff as a kid. Oh my goodness. I used to have to go with, with stacks of envelopes. I used to trade WWE action figures on the internet with people. And I would have like all these packages that I would have to carry to the post office. Little did I know, I didn't have to do that at all if I had had a time machine. But unfortunately... They, didn't, they still haven't invented a time machine, but what they have invented is Stamps.com. It would have made my life so much easier. No more going to the post office with that box of toys. Instead, they give you everything you need. They give you a scale. They give you stuff to print out. They give you the account, everything. You do it right from your home. You, you put everything on, and then and you're good to go. They'll come, and they will pick it up. Everything will be great. Everything will be great. You can buy and print U.S. postage. See? Even Lila's excited about this. Lila goes crazy when I tell her about Stamps.com. You know why? What? Here's what's happening with Lila right now. She's barking at the mailman. If she were at the post office and you were at the post office, she'd be barking at you. How do you avoid such a terrifying scenario? Stamps.com. See? Lila's like, but I like barking at people. No more, Lila, because of Stamps.com. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package using your own computer or and printer. You can't use either or. You're going to need both. Um, and Stamps.com never closes. You get postage whenever you need it, 24-7. So right now, use my code SAM, and you're going to get a special offer. A four-week trial that includes postage and a digital scale. I'm not kidding. Do not wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in SAM. That's Stamps.com. Enter code SAM. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Oh, I can't wait till you try this out for yourself. Um, So a lot to get into in State of Wrestling this week. Before we jump into State of Wrestling, um, and maybe this belongs in State of Wrestling, but something that a lot of you guys have been talking about, especially with me and asking my opinion on it and stuff, is the uh, JBL bullying scandal that's kind of all over the internet. I think Sports Illustrated and the New York Post have both, uh, and Deadspin, have all posted articles about it. So the story, as I've uh, as I've read it and become aware of it, is first, you know, Mauro Ranallo disappears from WWE TV, 
And, uh, you know, Mauro Ronaldo is uh, uh, very open, as AJ was last week, uh, about the fact that he is he suffers from bipolar disorder, which uh, I'm familiar with uh, due to people in my family. It's a very, very serious thing, and it can be very, very difficult to deal with. Um, but Mauro Ronaldo, he suffers from bipolar, and that can be accompanied by bouts of depression. And due to bipolar-related something or other, Mauro Ronaldo has not been on WWE television since, I believe, March 7th. Now, uh, it became uh, apparent that something that uh, put Mauro Ronaldo in the position that he's in was the behavior of JBL. That's what people are saying. And they're crediting uh, Bring It to the Table, the WWE Network show, when JBL was kind of uh, uh, bashing Morrow for being so proud of his Wrestling Observer uh, Commentator of the Year award or whatever it was. Um, and then it got compounded. A lot of old JBL stories started coming to the surface and adding to this thing, and it's 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 starting to take this snowball effect. Um, you know, I like all parties involved. I like Justin Roberts. You know, he talked in his book about being bullied by JBL, and other wrestlers have too. I like Justin Roberts. I'm reading his book right now. I don't think that you can ever. I mean, aside from some, I'm not going to say ever because if it's a crime, if it's there are things that you can. But in a lot of scenarios, it's tough for me to punish somebody unless it's a legal thing. If it's a legal thing, then that's pretty clear. But if it's more of just a, a, a morality play, it is tough for me to punish somebody for doing things that may not have been looked at as egregious when they were done. Meaning the, I don't even want to use the word hazing culture, but the culture in which somebody could end up being picked on, right or wrong, and I think it's wrong, was certainly more prevalent, not only just in the world of wrestling, but in the world of athletics and in the world in general 15 years ago. 15 years ago, we were in a world that was far less sensitive and far more severe about stuff. Stuff just kind of happened, and while it was never good, it wasn't the epidemic that it is now. And part of the reason that it is the epidemic that it is now is because we've been educated as to the effect that some of this stuff actually has. So again, it's, I'm not, it's not a bad thing that things have changed, but... The point is just that the way we look at situations now is not the same way we looked at situations then. I think that JBL and his bullying tactics have probably been pretty well documented, dating, uh, starting, ending right around like the I don't know early to mid two thousands. I think that's when you generally hear wrestlers talking about what the locker room was like the miz talking about getting kicked out of a locker room and 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 people talk, pete gas on this podcast talking about getting hit with a chair from jbl uh way too hard but proving his whatever it was his manhood or whatever and again i think that went with a culture that existed back then and i don't think you could say that jbl was the sole person doing that stuff back then so i don't think that it shouldn't be talked about but i don't think we can villainize somebody now for what they did in 2003, unless it's, you know, serious assault, legal things. Now, the Morrow thing is a different scenario. 
because I don't think Morrow's uh, mental illness has been a secret. I think people are aware of that. Um, and so I think it is something to be more sensitive about. But I also don't think that what JBL said on Bring It to the Table, because it was on the air, was any more bad than any other bad guy commentator saying bad things about a good guy commentator. You know, I, I think that uh, in terms of strictly being on the air, historically we've seen this. Historically, you know, we've got Bobby the Brain Heenan making fun of Gorilla Monsoon. You've got uh, example after Jerry the King Lawler making fun of Vince McMahon. You've got stuff like this that's happened forever with bad guy commentators, and it does matter what the relationship is behind the scenes, and I don't know, and most of us don't know, what the relationship is between Morrow and JBL behind the scenes. But I can't castrate JBL based on what was said on Bring It to the Table, and that's mainly because, look, as far as a bullying culture goes, in the world of wrestling, historically that's been because, well, we have to see who belongs in this business and who doesn't. So the fact that I've been working with WWE, if that's the case, if that were still going on in the company, I think it would leave me open to some of this. And I will tell you right now, as I've said before multiple times on the podcast, and I'm not lying, and you will never, in any, uh, however many years pass, you will never hear me change my story, that everybody in the WWE has only treated me as family since I've been going to these shows and since I've been backstage at these shows and been working with them. And the fact is that JBL is one of the people that has treated me like family. JBL has been very good to me uh, for a long time. Before I was working with WWE, he would go out of his way to see me at shows and say hello and he would he, he shouted me out on the commentary once when I was uh, on TV during a New Day entrance. Like, JBL has never been anything but cool to me. On the same episode of Bring It to the Table, JBL is making fun of Peter Rosenberg and saying that he wants him fired. JBL doesn't actually want Peter Rosenberg fired. That's something that JBL is doing on the show. And again, Maybe the relationship Peter Rosenberg and JBL have is different from the relationship Morrow and JBL have behind the scenes. I don't know. But because I've only seen JBL be a good dude to me behind the scenes, and I have not been privy to any interactions, I have not seen with my eyes or heard with my ears JBL quote-unquote bullying or quote-unquote hazing anybody in either 2016 or 2017, it is tough for me to sit there and villainize him in this moment. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But all I can do is tell you what I see. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that we start going towards a slippery slope with some of this stuff. Um, so, yeah. I and, and by the way, I would love to have JBL on this show to talk to him about this stuff. I would love to have Morrow on this show to talk to him about this stuff because that's the problem is that we watching do not know what has gone on behind the scenes but because we don't know I think it's a little tough to call for somebody's head without being aware of what is truly going on aside from what's on the air because what's on the air to me is fairly acceptable but as you know the thing about me and, and pro wrestling is that 
everything that's on the air is acceptable. I've, I've come from a world of, in radio where everything that's on the air is acceptable. But behind the scenes, I have good relationships with all my coworkers, and they understand what it is that we're doing on the air. So that's all. That's 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 my opinion on the JBL thing. Um, you know, I wish it were a little juicier, but I just don't. I don't think that jumping on this anti-JBL bandwagon is fair unless we know what's going on. If Morrow comes to me and says, this is what happened and this is why it is fair, then okay, okay. And if JBL comes to me and says, well, here's what went down and here's why it happened. Okay, that's good to know too. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I don't know uh, what else I could possibly say about that without being an uninformed boob. However... I can be an uninformed boob about everything that's going on in WWE right now, especially as it relates to the superstar shakeup and what went on on Raw and SmackDown. So let's get into it in the state of wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. That's the sound of wrestling fans' hearts breaking everywhere. Whether you're male or female, I suppose, because Renee Young and Dean Ambrose are off the market. Yes, they got married. Congratulations to Renee Young Ambrose and Dean Ambrose Young. Uh, it's awesome. I guess they got uh, uh, secretly married very quietly, and uh, uh, they were wearing wedding rings on TV and everything. If you watch Talking Smack, um, Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler both made kind of awkward uh, indicators towards it. But I think it's super cool that they got married and they did it in private and they're they're keeping what's theirs, theirs. They've done a really good job. Even though they're on Total Divas and the whole thing, they're not really, them as a couple still feels pretty private to me, which I think is pretty difficult for people that are that public to do, especially in this world of wrestling where the character that you play on TV and the real life you kind of end up blending together. So congratulations, Renee Young and Dean Ambrose, although it is ironic that, uh, that right after they get married, they get separated as far as professionally goes. They are on two separate brands now. Dean Ambrose shaking up to Raw while Renee will continue to shake on SmackDown. Uh, and I, it's not maybe as big a deal because Renee obviously doesn't travel uh, to the live events as far as I know. And, you know, also she ends up doing half the episodes of Raw Talk anyway, so it's not like she's never going to be traveling with the Raw people. Uh, but uh, I think it's uh, I think it's great. Congratulations to them. I want to talk about the Superstar Shake-Up. Let's start with SmackDown. There, I almost, I don't know. I think there's a little more to dig into with Raw. So let me start with SmackDown. I think on both sides, SmackDown specifically, here's the difference between Raw and SmackDown. I think some of the lower tier guys from SmackDown that moved to Raw run the risk of not being on TV at all anymore, which is ironic because Monday Night Raw is a three-hour show and SmackDown's only two hours, but with the cruiserweights and with the amount of time allotted to the uh, main event storylines, people do kind of end up falling by the wayside on Raw more often than they do on SmackDown. So the Raw guys that didn't really have much going on that are now on SmackDown, I don't see it as a negative at all for them. I think on SmackDown, maybe nothing will happen. I don't think their tag team division has been used all that successfully, but I think that 
they're far more likely to have something happen for them on SmackDown than they would on Raw. You know, Jinder Mahal was on Talking Smack, and I liked that uh, Jinder Mahal, number one, it's really funny that Gronk was on SmackDown because it was like, obviously the Gronk thing at WrestleMania was supposed to be the Sports Center moment, which is what I would call it, that, that moment that they have that they want to get some mainstream publicity for. But then for him to pop up on SmackDown a week and a half later, he's just like, like, are you just following him to all the shows? I understand why somebody who's on the Patriots would be at WrestleMania, but then you didn't get enough? You had to go to SmackDown too? I think Gronk should just be at every show. He should be like the new, like, remember Vlad the Superfan, who you'd see in the front row in the 90s at in the 80s at every single WWF show? He always had like that purple Macho Man tank top on. He's always like, had, he was always flexing his biceps. Gronk should just be every show that's going on during the offseason. That should be it. Gronk should develop a reputation for himself that when he's playing, he's playing. When it's football season, he is there. He is devoted to the team. But the minute that season's over, the minute his season is done, he should be at every televised SmackDown and every televised SmackDown pay-per-view. All of them. Just in the front row wearing his Stay Hype t-shirt. Get Hype t-shirt. Whatever t-shirt he wants to wear that says the word hype on it. They'd definitely sell more hype t-shirts for sure. He'd be like Mojo's manager, except he would just be buying tickets the whole time. Plus, WWE could probably save a boatload because instead of hiring him as a manager, they would just give him free tickets to literally every SmackDown show. And he'd go, all right, I'll be there. And I think some of the live events too. You should have that reputation so that when you go to a live event, you never know if Gronk is going to be in the front row because he's there for half of them. Just bring Gronk all the time. I don't get tired of seeing him. Now that we've set the precedent that it's not just WrestleMania, keep it up. Have him there, and he's always drinking something. He just loves beverages. You should make Gronk the front row super fan who always gets the souvenir cup. Because it wasn't, on both occasions, it wasn't like he just got a size medium. It was the souvenir cup. He should have a souvenir cup and a front row ticket to every televised show. I'd get excited to see Gronk. It'd make me want to go see SmackDown. Well... We could go to Raw, but if we go to SmackDown, we might end up seeing Gronk in the front row. Yeah, let's go to SmackDown. It's really an only win situation. There's no lose here. Um, but that to say, Jinder is on, on SmackDown now. And I think it'll be good. They addressed the fact that his physique is, like, ridiculous on Talking Smack. You know, he said he's to him he believes he has the best physique in the in the uh, in WWE and that he's the most improved wrestler in WWE as well. And he really put out a compelling case for the fact that he wants to win a title. Problem is that on SmackDown now, you've got the World Championship and you've got the United States Championship that has a lot more attention on it than it's ever had on it. So I don't know uh, where he's going to fit in unless maybe Jinder Mahal is going to team up with Sin Cara to finally take out those Usos. Sin Cara also joining the SmackDown roster you know, I don't know what this does for Sin Cara. Uh, if anything, at first I thought Jinder Mahal might take Kurt Hawkins' place. Because it does, on a lot of these, it's a pretty clear, like, person-for-person person trade. Not on all of them, but on a bunch of them. And I, I thought that the person-for-person tr person trade was Jinder Mahal for Kurt Hawkins. But the fact that Jinder Mahal was on Talking Smack, and I don't think Kurt Hawkins has ever been on Talking Smack. And I love Kurt Hawkins. But it kind of makes me feel like the trade might have been Sin Cara for Kurt Hawkins. I don't know. I don't know. But it could be. Sin Cara's on SmackDown now. 
Yeah, and that fits in. It could only be good news for Sin Cara. I would team up Jinder Mahal and Sin Cara. Jinder Mahal wants a wants a title. You can redo the Heath Slater storyline with Jinder Mahal if he wants a title. He didn't say which title he wanted. He just wanted a title. He said he's never won a title. I guess did one man band never? I mean, three man band never get tag titles. I guess not. Unless I'm wrong, I guess they didn't. But he just wants a title. So good. You know, ironically, you almost had Jinder Mahal and Heath Slater on the same brand. And with Drew McIntyre now down in NXT, who's making his TV debut this week, by the, t- at the time of this recording, we won't have seen it yet. But you've got three-man band back. Put the band back together. Get those tag straps. There's, there's, there's a way to do it right now. Your U.S. title scene is looking a little tough to get into. And I don't know what's going to happen with the world title. But we're not there yet. Um, you've also got the Shining Stars. Right now, here's what I'm booking. Sin Cara and Jinder Mahal versus the Shining Stars, number one contenders match. Then have Jinder and Sin Cara beat... Uh, Jinder and Sin Cara can be the new two-man band, by the way. They can just come out in the ring playing air guitar. Sin Cara's jumping up and down on trampolines. I think it's a great idea for a, for a tag team. I would watch them. And now, the Shining Stars, it was interesting because I was at Raw this week. And I'll talk about that more when we get into that part of it. And I was watching Primo. And man, Primo is really good. Primo is better than he gets credit for. And I don't know why he hasn't had more opportunity or hasn't taken advantage of more opportunity to be as good as he is. But... He's really good. Primo is better than anybody gives him credit for. It seemed like the Shining Stars were not going to be full-on Shining Stars on SmackDown, that maybe they would be repackaged yet again, which I think would be a good thing. I get that they're from Puerto Rico, but the thing where they would just come to the ring and give brochures... First of all, you can't come to the ring and just give brochures on a show where you've already got a tag team that's giving out Fashion Police tickets. It's the same thing. They're even shaped the same. The paper just says something different on it. So I don't think you're going to be able to hand out brochures anymore. Because the fashion police are going to be like, that's our thing. What are you doing? So what are you going to do? Just have them be badass dudes, I guess. I don't know. Go back to being the colons. I don't know. Uh, but the Shining Stars work uh, with the same as Sin Cara. I don't think that there's any downside to them being on SmackDown. The Shining Stars actually have the potential to win tag team titles on SmackDown. They did not have the potential to win tag team titles on Raw, especially now that the Hardys are back. It just wasn't going to happen. Although, see, here's the problem. Because we didn't see him on SmackDown, and maybe they're saving them until Kofi is healthy again because he's injured right now. But the New Day coming to SmackDown kind of makes me feel like they're just going to trample all over the tag team division. I don't know, you know, as much as the New Day has been built up, and I know that they left Raw losing, which is like so old school. I love that they did that. But I don't see how any tag team is going to be able to, with credibility, beat the New Day regularly. Uh, I think that we could have a scenario where the New Day comes back in. and Here's, here's what you do. Okay. This way, everybody ends up happy. Sin Cara and Jinder Mahal, the tag team of the millennium, versus the Shining Stars for the number one contender. Sin Cara and Jinder Mahal win that match. Then they go on to defeat the Usos for the tag championships. 
At this point, who's the number one contender? A returning New Day who can now beat Jinder Mahal and Sin Cara for those tag titles. Jinder Mahal blames Sin Cara. Now you've got the feud of the century that everybody's been waiting to see. Headlining pay-per-views. Jinder Mahal versus Sin Cara. Because they they don't like each other anymore. Because one cost the other one the tag titles. The New Day now gets to have another six-year run as tag team champions. With Usos trailing behind him. And American Alpha over there going, what do you want from me? Poor American Alpha. It's like they were right there. They're always right there. Almost the top tag team. And then not quite. They come over from NXT and it's like, well, obviously the show is going to be centered around American Alpha as far as the tag division goes. And they're like, not really because we got Rhino and Heath Slater. Oh, man. All right. Well, eventually we'll put the tag titles on American Alpha. Yeah, but now the Usos are super cool again. In fact, probably cooler than they've ever been before. Yeah, I guess they are, but do they have to? Yep. Sorry, guys. Now you're behind the Usos. Now you've got the tag team of the Millennium, Jinder Mahal and Sin Cara. And that's, by the way, their, the name of their tag team, the tag team of the Millennium. But in all seriousness, the New Day comes in. And the New Day is the tag team, right? The New Day is the top tag team. The New Day is the tag team that's going to be on the merchandise. You know, as CM Punk put it, on the souvenir cups, on the programs. That's that's the New Day spot. They are, they are the merchandise sellers. And I don't think American Alpha sold enough towels to dethrone them yet. Maybe they will. But I just don't see it happening. So the New Day coming in feels like it could be a step back for American Alpha. Um, and it's been interesting with American Alpha. Seeing where exactly they fit in in this whole thing. Because talk about a tag team coming in with all the anticipation. I mean, people were so psyched. But they have not gotten the opportunity or simply lived up to the potential like we haven't had the moment for the american alpha yet all their matches have been great but you just haven't had the moment where the american alpha i don't know why i keep saying the american alpha yeah i saw it on the facebook you just haven't had that moment where they've gotten to to shine as the top tag team on the show which is really interesting because one would assume right away. I think everybody assumed that that's exactly what they were going to SmackDown for, and they just haven't. Uh, I, I'm, I don't know that it's not going to happen, but it's rough. Uh, let's talk about the women. Of course, uh, Tamina being used, you know, as the uh, to throw people off. You know, not the most complimentary thing to do to Tamina, but still not a bad spot. I mean, Tamina wasn't really doing much on Raw at all, so the fact that she's part of this big announcement and everything I think is good and and it's as far as Tamina being on SmackDown same thing as all these other guys no downside to it uh Charlotte huge signing for SmackDown and that one surprised me a little bit I thought maybe Sasha Banks I didn't think Charlotte was going to go over I honestly didn't think the powers that be would allow Charlotte to be on SmackDown when she is so obviously the top female in the company regardless of who's holding titles Charlotte is the person that they're banking on. Charlotte, I my vibe when I'm watching the show is that Charlotte is being looked at as a superstar for the next several years. I don't recall ever seeing a female be looked at the way Charlotte is being looked at. Charlotte is almost being groomed, I feel like, to be a female John Cena type person. And I think she's 
Maybe the only performer, female performer they've ever had that's really capable of doing that. It also has to do with the era that we're in. Because as good as uh, Trish Stratus and that generation was, there was still a considerable amount of TNA, not TNA, but T and A, in the performance. And through no fault of their own, that takes away from it a little bit. Charlotte is the first person who is really pure athlete, pure athlete. That's what she is getting over on. Uh, and and she's doing it really well, and her promos are good, and she's just she's just a an, she has developed this she's developed a certain set of skills that have made her just an amazing all around performer that is kind of unmatched right now, especially among the females. Um, I'm I'm so so Charlotte Kevin Owens. I think Shane McMahon was right when he said Charlotte is probably the biggest signing of the thing. Kevin Owens is huge, but I think that SmackDown going forward, aside from when John Cena is around, if you're talking about day-to-day full-time SmackDown, SmackDown shows are going to be sold on your ability to see Charlotte and AJ Styles. The New Day, too, for the kids and everything. But Charlotte, Flair, and AJ Styles are going to be the top draws on SmackDown going forward. And they're heavy draws. I mean, that's a good thing. You know, right under, you've got Randy Orton, who's a huge star. You've got The New Day. You've got Kevin Owens. You've got a lot of people that are still good. The one thing that's a real pain in the ass about this whole uh, superstar shakeup is I have to completely reorganize my action figure shelf now. It's not a game. I'm looking at it now, and it makes no sense. Nakamura's in the NXT section. You know, the Miz and Maurice are on the SmackDown shelf. It's ridiculous. Um, the superstar shakeup obviously caused an adjustment for the Nakamura story, uh, and I think it probably was. I don't think this is one of those things where Nakamura is going to interrupt somebody new every week. I think the idea last week was we were going to see a Nakamura mismatch, and that had to be changed because the decision was made to put him on Monday Night Raw, which I'll talk about when we get to Monday Night Raw. Um, I think Dolph Ziggler is a suitable replacement for the Miz, although just because of where the Miz is at right now, I'd rather see the Nakamura Miz match. Um, the thing about it is, I don't know when we're going to see it. The next pay per view is Payback, which is a Raw pay per view. So we're that's three weeks away. So we have to be at least five weeks, if not six weeks, away from a SmackDown pay per view. And I don't believe that Nakamura is not going to wrestle at all for another five or six weeks. So one would have to believe that this Dolph Ziggler match may happen on an episode of SmackDown. Um, And then maybe there'll be a rematch or maybe there'll be two in a rubber match at the SmackDown pay-per-view. But Nakamura should absolutely be named in that collection. You know, I think Nakamura still has a little bit of building to do with the mainstream audience. You heard his entrance. It's not a lot of building. But I think AJ Styles and Charlotte are still going to be the draws on SmackDown. And... Within months, you're going to see Nakamura come up. You're going to see Kevin Owens. You're going to see those guys become that draw. But I said it 
coming out of WrestleMania. AJ Styles is the best good guy potential draw, I think, right now that the company has. Kids love him. Grown-ups love him. Everybody thinks he's the man. So I, I, I don't... I think AJ, far and away, is the guy that you have to look at as the person who is going to really be selling tickets and merchandise and things like that. I see kids wearing AJ Styles shirts like just around in the mall and things like that. And I, you really don't see that very often. You see it with John Cena, and it's really the only other person. In the 90s, in the early 2000s, wrestling shirts were all over the mall. Everywhere you would go, people were wearing wrestling shirts. Wrestling shirts, South Park shirts, concert t-shirts. But now you don't really see wrestling shirts like you used to, unless you're Kendall Jenner. But when you do, it's either a John Cena or an AJ Styles shirt. So, uh, but I do, I, I hope that everybody worried about the way Nakamura would be perceived on SmackDown has kind of relaxed a little bit because he's obviously being put in a position to succeed. Speaking of positions, uh, being put in positions to succeed, how about Sami Zayn showing up on SmackDown? That triple threat match to end SmackDown this week was just incredible. Incredible. And the fact that AJ Styles won it lends so much credibility to the United States Championship. And I think, it, to me, the only thing you can possibly do is sit there. Kevin Owens will surely beat Chris Jericho at payback. And at this point, I think the gradual good guy turn for AJ Styles comes in. I think AJ is going to transfer into being that main good guy on SmackDown. And I would have loved... I would have liked to have seen Seth Rollins show up on SmackDown, but if Seth Rollins had showed up on SmackDown, I think organically what would have happened is he would have morphed into a bad guy and AJ would have been the good guy to face him. I'm really glad that Roman Reigns is not on SmackDown, because if Roman Reigns were on SmackDown, then that good guy spot would go to Roman. Uh, and I think AJ for SmackDown right now will do a better job. So I'm excited to see that, and I think uh, Sami Zayn, based on the fact that he beat The Miz in his last match on Raw and had such a great performance on SmackDown, is certainly going to be portrayed as one of the top good guys on SmackDown. Um, and he's kind of that underdog guy that the fans can relate to, which I think fits him. Rusev, it'll be interesting to see. I think Rusev is injured, if I'm not mistaken. So, I, you know, I think we'll just get more Rusev. But I... I I think that because of what the SmackDown roster looks like, you've got more potential for Rusev to go back to the Rusev of old on SmackDown, um, especially when he finds out his ex-tag team partner, Jinder Mahal, left him for Sin Cara. He's going to be none too pleased. Interesting, interesting note, Lana and Rusev were shaken up separately. The Miz and Maurice came over together. Heath Slater and Reiner came over. Rhino came over to Raw together. Lana and Rusev came separately, and Lana seems to be uh, completely repackaged. She's doing some kind of like a, a burlesque type dance on that chair. Uh, I, I think it's uh, inevitable. Lana, I, I, it seems like they see a lot of potential in Lana, and the fact that she doesn't do the accent on the Diva Show. Uh, would lead me to believe that maybe that's not something that's going to stay. And how do you organically get her out of that accent? Well, you kind of repackage her. Um, and I know she's been training a lot at NXT when we did the interview with her on 
the Jim and Sam show on Sirius, she said that she's been at NXT like every week training. So she wants to wrestle. Uh, I don't know if she's going to be like a female Fandango uh, or, or what, but I don't know. Her legs look good. The dance looked good, so I'm excited about it. Kevin Owens, of course, Lee uh, uh, ends our conversation about the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 superstars headed over to SmackDown, including all three New Day. Uh, Kevin Owens brought the U.S. title over. The stipulation made, and it's so, you can so tell that this is not something that is like months in the making because matches that are already scheduled for payback just have to happen regardless and they just have to figure out how to make it work. But uh, Chris Jericho will actually come to SmackDown if he beats Kevin Owen for the U.S. title at payback. Um, but one would believe that Kevin Owens is going to win that match because he got a suit with a blue tie and he shaved his beard. So I don't know why you would put that effort to announcing that you're coming to SmackDown if it's going to end up being Jericho. Um, I'm very and, – and it, it sucks. It's really interesting the way it works out because right now it seems like, okay, you've got a match, Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho. They had uh, August, uh, uh, September, October, November, December, January, February. You had a seven-month build to Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. And now the rematch is almost an afterthought because everybody's thinking about Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles. If it's up to me, I am going to have AJ Styles. I think he's got to lose to Kevin Owens. Maybe by disqualification. He's got he can't he's going to become a good guy, but he's not going to take the US title from Kevin Owens. Because for me, the money is having Nakamura challenge Kevin Owens for that United States title. I think after Nakamura is done with Dolph and maybe one other person, and we get through AJ and Kevin Owens a few times, we're going to end up with a Nakamura-Kevin Owens United States title uh, run. And I think that the reason you don't put the U.S. title on AJ Styles is because you start looking at him in uh, WWE championship terms. Because I think that's the only place to put him. Now, there's no doubt that that U.S. title was made to be much, much more important uh, starting this week on SmackDown. And I think part of that is because there's not that many titles per show. You're talking about two titles per show. So, and and we don't really know what's going on with the WWE Championship yet. Because after this Randy Orton-Bray Wyatt match is done... Bray Wyatt goes to Raw. So I don't know who's left to challenge Randy Orton, although I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Baron Corbin step up to the plate. I really wouldn't be surprised to see Baron Corbin step up to the plate to challenge uh, Randy Orton, unless you end up with Kevin Owens losing the U.S. title to AJ Styles, and then because he's a good guy and Randy Orton's a bad guy, have Kevin Owens step up to challenge Randy Orton, Randy Orton being the good guy, Kevin Owens being the bad guy. That's a big possibility. Or maybe after Jinder Mahal is done being a member of the tag team of the Millennium and ends his months-long program with Sin Cara, headlining pay-per-views, then he goes after Randy Orton. I don't know. There's a lot of directions to go in. If it's up to me, all right, you have this U.S. title match. I guess, you know what? I'm going to have... 
Kevin Owens lose the U.S. title to AJ in hindsight. Have AJ run with the U.S. title. And then have Kevin Owens start feuding with Randy Orton. Eventually, maybe he takes the title from Randy Orton. Maybe he doesn't. But eventually, maybe he takes the title. And now you've got... Nakamura chasing it, but it's so early for Nakamura to be chasing that title. I don't know. I don't know. I'm intrigued by the idea of Kevin Owens trying to get the WWE Championship from Randy Orton, though. But at the same time, it's like, what do you do? I guess Kevin Owens can't win the WWE Championship. Because who's left to take on Kevin Owens, Nakamura, AJ Styles would already have the U.S. championship, so, like, are you gonna, I don't know if we're ready to watch a WWE championship match between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and I don't want him losing to everybody, so you know what, he's got to keep the U.S. title, forget it, forget it, Kevin Owens keeps the U.S. title, uh, Baron Corbin goes after Randy Orton, that's where I'm going next, Baron Corbin's going after Randy Orton, and, uh, and Kevin Owens is going to retain the U.S. title from AJ Styles. Uh, eventually, AJ is going to go after that WWE championship and win it because he should be the champion. Uh, and Kevin Owens will lose the U.S. title to Nakamura. That's where, All right, that's where we're going with SmackDown. Okay, let's move on to Raw. The one thing I noticed on Raw, because that's where the Superstar sh- Shake-Up started, was I felt like the Superstar Shake-Up was lacking in presentation. I understand it's not a draft, but it was almost like we got to see Mr. McMahon back on Raw, and it's always such a treat to see Mr. McMahon, to see Vince McMahon on Raw. And he just said Superstar Shake-Up. And so it's like you almost, to me, I would have had Vince McMahon out there dictating to Kurt Angle and to Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon, which superstars are going to which brand. The big boss is coming in and placing these guys there because that would make sense as to why they're there. And it would allow Daniel Bryan and Shane to be like, you know, we didn't really want to lose like Alexa Bliss or Bray Wyatt or whoever it is, but at least we got this person. So it's not like, because they didn't say it was trades. They said it was a shakeup. You don't have control when there's a shakeup. You get all shaken up. You get scared. You know when you feel really out of control? An earthquake. You know why? Because it's shaking you up. It would have been nice to see Vince McMahon come out, at least in the beginning of the show, and announce that this was the shakeup and just kind of say, you're going to see what my decisions are. If you don't want him to make every announcement, that's fine. But make it clear that Vince McMahon is the one pulling these strings because he holds, at the end of the day, he holds the ultimate power. And we end up with this cool tradition now of maybe every year, two weeks after WrestleMania, Vince McMahon comes out and he shakes things up again. I like it. Um, but it's got to have something. Like, it was weird to just have people appearing. Speaking of appearing, uh, go back and watch, because I noticed on TV, I don't think they made a big deal out of it. There was this weird... It's, it's so funny. Like, I thought it was done perfectly the first time. But the drifter, uh, Elias Sampson, was on twice. But I think they just called him the drifter, so they might be dropping Elias Sampson. Um, but he was on Raw twice this week. 
they acknowledged him when he walked up on stage right before the uh, multi-tag team match. But go back and watch the Charlotte versus Nia Jax match. Because the drifter walks through the crowd, and he's on hard cam side. You can see him. I don't think the commentator said anything about him. But you could see him, and I was in the arena at Raw and watched him go through. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. It was almost like when MVP, not Montel Vontavious Porter, but Abe Knuckleball Schwartz MVP, was on strike, and he was just in the crowd uh, during the baseball strike of 94. That's right. Get the network. Uh, that was the vibe it had. But then when he walked up on stage and they acknowledged him, it, uh, that part didn't work for me. I really I, I, I like the idea of the drifter just drifting through the crowd. And sometimes it's acknowledged by commentary that he's there, and sometimes it isn't. But you just got to keep watching for him. Go back and watch the uh, Charlotte-Nia Jax match. You'll see him. You'll see him walking through the crowd behind the ring there on, uh, on the hard cam side. Um, so before we get into Raw's superstar shakeup, I got to give a huge compliment to the crowd in Long Island at the new Nassau Coliseum. They were on fire all night. They loved that show, and they made the show so much more enjoyable. And I'll tell you, I went out to the floor to watch the Roman Reigns thing happen because I didn't realize the whole thing was going to be backstage. I thought Roman was going to come out, and I wanted to see what the reaction was going to be. But... The reaction to that Roman Reigns-Braun Strowman segment was gigantic live. Roman uh, uh, Braun Strowman was the biggest good guy in Long Island on Monday night. They, it was so, the crowd was so funny. Every time Braun Strowman came back onto the screen, they just lost their minds cheering. And they got louder and louder with each time. It wasn't, because, you know, a skit like that, runs the risk of overkill. And there was no overkill at all. This this thing, according to the live crowd and what I saw, was perfect. When, like, Roman gets twisted over on the stretcher and the crowd starts organically chanting, you deserve it, to Roman Reigns, it's perfect. It's perfect. And I know some of you guys are saying, well, you know, I know that they're acting like this is what they wanted, but this isn't what they wanted all along. And no, it's not what they... Of course it's... Not what they wanted all along, but it works for the story that's being told, and they're adapting the story to make it work. And I think that that you have to give WWE credit for that. It was like when they when Daniel Bryan ended up main eventing WrestleMania 30. It's like you could either bitch about the fact that it wasn't the plan from the beginning, or you can watch WrestleMania 30 and one of the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time happening at the end of the show. And the fact of the matter is not giving WWE credit for it, just stating the fact that the Daniel Bryan story and the fact that it wasn't WWE's idea made that story even better. So I I think that they're still in an okay place with Roman Reigns. He still gets a louder reaction than anybody on the show. Um, The fact that they were so into Braun Strowman beating him up backstage really says a lot because they could easily be tuning out. You're watching this thing on a big screen in an, in an arena. And it's part of a three-hour show. You could easily be tuning out for this. But they didn't. Uh, so so props to Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. Props to the whole thing. I know some people were like, uh, there's continuity errors. Okay, yeah, I know there's continuity errors. You're like that person you go to the movies with that's whispering in your ear the whole time like, she was looking the other way in the other shot. Okay, thanks. 
I think I'll just follow along the story. I did pay for tickets to see this movie. That's how I feel about wrestling. Like, why don't you just let me follow the story? If I'm feeling a certain way about it, then it's working. I understand. You know, I, I it's a show. Those zombies on The Walking Dead, they're not actually zombies. Oh, cool. Yeah, you know, it's makeup. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm glad you stopped me to tell me that. Um, But yeah, so super props to that segment. It was great, and it got a, a huge huge reaction he tips over the ambulance and they start they start uh chanting thank you stroman thank you stroman oh it was great and the other thing before we get into the shake-up is you can tweet peter rosenberg and ask him yourself rosenberg and me were both at raw on monday and i was standing next to him on the floor and i thought tj perkins needed to be a, a bad guy for a long time i started thinking tj perkins would be better as a bad guy at the uh kickoff show for roadblock end of the line because we interviewed him on that kickoff show, and it just, his vibe, to me, felt like a more natural bad guy. He said he could be successful, more successful, as a bad guy. So when TJ Perkins w- wins the match against Austin Aries, I look at Peter, and I'm like, they need to turn TJ Perkins heel, like, now. I turn around and look at the ring. Perkins jumps back in the ring and jumps Austin Aries. I'm like, yes, Perkins. This is perfect. This is what I was looking for. Super excited about it, and I called it a mile away, and uh, uh, it's exactly the right thing to do with TJ Perkins. Let's get into the shakeup. Um, Kurt Hawkins, I'm just glad he got a segment on TV. I think he is too. If you listen to the interview with Kurt Hawkins, he's got a good philosophy about this stuff. He was on the podcast, and, uh, you know, like, think about it. Kalisto was not on Raw. Apollo Crews, not on Raw. Heath Slater and Rhino, not on Raw. Just announced that they were coming to Raw. I understand Kurt Hawkins, all he did was get knocked out by the big show, but he was on Raw. He made it to a segment, and it was an entertaining segment. So, you know, I, I think uh, Hawkins was probably pretty psyched about it. And and uh, it'll freshen up the thing. Just watch new guys beat up Kurt Hawkins. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, Heath Slater and Rhino should be interesting. Here's the thing. Heath Slater and Rhino and Apollo Crews... I don't know that a lot's going to happen for them on Raw. I think SmackDown might have been a little safer for them to stay at. Um, I could be wrong. I think all three of those guys are super, super talented and have all the potential in the world. I just don't think that they have the patience on Raw for people to build up to something that they do on SmackDown. And so, you know, I don't know that that what's going to go down with those guys, especially because you've got the Hardy Boys you got Enzo and Cass. You've got uh, the Good Brothers. you got all these tag teams on Raw. And I just don't know where Heath Slater and Rhino fit in. I would not be surprised if Heath Slater and Rhino split up before too long being on Raw. I don't see them staying together. And not like a Sinkara Jinder Mahal situation. I just don't see them staying together for all that long. Kalisto, I think, is a good pick because uh, I think he's going to be in the Cruiserweight division. I think he'll be just like Neville. I think for sure... The reason that he was brought over to uh, Raw was to be one of the 205 Live guys. So, And I think that's a good fit for him. He wasn't doing anything on SmackDown anyway, so I think that's good. Uh, Alexa Bliss, I think, will excel excel on Raw. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's anything negative to say about that. Uh, especially with Charlotte gone, I think Alexa Bliss has a huge potential to win the Raw Women's Championship. She's just, to me, so talented. Um, so, and she's super young. Like, she's got years ahead of her. Uh, I, I, so I, I, I see 
Alexa Bliss is champion. It was odd that it felt like Sasha Banks was about to become a bad guy before she was interrupted by everybody. Um, and, you know, I, I think that eventually, I don't think Sasha Banks has room to become a bad guy anymore because I think Alexa Bliss is taking up that space a little bit maybe right now for me. And Mickey James, I think, is also kind of going to veer towards bad guy. So I don't know where Sasha Banks would have room to be a bad guy, but I think eventually you will see Alexa Bliss as a good guy because she's just so good and she's so popular. Uh, I think she will be a champion. I think I think she'll be a good guy. Alexa Bliss is going to, if she stays with WWE f- for the long haul, and I hope she will, Alexa Bliss will go down as one of the most popular female superstars of all time. Absolutely. Charlotte is going to be the stuff of legends. Sasha Banks is always going to be my favorite wrestler. Everybody knows that. But Alexa Bliss, history will tell the story of Alexa Bliss being one of the most popular female superstars of all time. Mark my words. Write this date down. Tweet at Alexa Bliss so she knows. That's what's in in the cards for her. She's going to be one of the most popular female superstars of all time. She's got everything. Everything. And I can't wait to see it. Um and and Mickey James I think is a good addition. You know, I think uh I think she'll add uh, I think she added on SmackDown. I think she'll add a lot to Raw too. Uh, you know, I, I just I think she's super super talented. Uh, uh Dean Ambrose, the Intercontinental title coming over to Raw. Uh it's interesting. Um You know, Raw historically hasn't been the best place in terms of adding value to secondary championships. Uh, and they need to with this one because their universal champion is not on Raw every week. So that is kind of going to be the title. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they treat it as such. Um, I guess The Miz and Dean Ambrose are going to have a problem with each other. But at the same time, we could have seen that on SmackDown, right? I'd love to see uh, uh, Dean Ambrose and Samoa Joe get into it. You know, this is a good... I, I, I think you could easily see a scenario of Jericho is hypothetically going away to do Fozzie stuff. You could easily see a scenario where you've got Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose teaming up again, which is interesting. You know, again, I think Seth Rollins would have been better off on Raw. I mean, on SmackDown. But you've now got The Shield on the same roster. And all of them... I mean, Roman Reigns is very arguable. But all of them are kind of good guys. So I wouldn't... You know what? We're not going to see a Shield reunion anytime soon. Roman Reigns is on a different planet right now. But uh, uh, I did read an article about Roman Reigns potentially coming back as the new Undertaker because he died after uh, uh, a Braun Strowman flips over the ambulance, which I was just in love with that idea. Just so stupid. I just like, can you imagine if they tried to make Roman Reigns the new Undertaker because he died because uh, Braun Strowman flipped him over in an ambulance? That would be amazing. Amazing to watch. I just don't, <laughs> you know. Um, but I do think that Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins are going to end up teaming up and be the two top good guys under Roman Reigns on the show. Uh, Bray Wyatt, you know, once he's got this Randy Orton thing, I am so interested in a Bray Wyatt Finn Balor face off. You know, we're now looking, first of all, Broken Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt are on the same brand. Did we realize this? Did we realize this? Broken Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt on the same brand together. Not only that, but you've now got a scenario 
where see unfortunately this would be better to push off to SummerSlam and I don't think you're going to but how great would it be to see elaborate entrances in a match that pits the demon or the demon king whoever he is now Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt the eater of worlds I love Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor. I think it, it's really good for both people. I think if you're not going to put Finn Balor in the title scene right now, you need something special for him. Uh, I always think that something special is needed for Bray Wyatt, and I think this is the exact right thing to do. Uh, I mean, brutal match, by the way, that Finn Balor had on Raw. Brutal match. I don't know what he did to piss off Jinder Mahal, but Jinder Mahal was not playing around. It started with the kicks earlier in the match. If you can see it, it looks like he's kicking the crap out of him. And then the, just that forearm that caught Finn Balor. There are reports that Balor has a, uh, did get a concussion. Hopefully it's not a bad one because the last thing you want is Balor back on the shelf. Um, you also don't want anybody getting the idea that Finn Balor is, uh, is injury prone because that, that's usually a death sentence for some guys. Uh, I don't think... I hope it doesn't because I think that Finn Balor has the potential to be one of those uh, main, main, main guys. So we'll see. But it's looking cool. You know, you've got you've got this thing where you've got potentially Rollins and Ambrose teaming up against uh, Samoa Joe. And I don't know. Who's going to be with Joe? Kevin Owens is gone. So I don't know. You're going to have to find somebody to team with Joe. To make that work. Although, what I'd really like to see and what I think would be really refreshing is Dean Ambrose turning on Seth Rollins. I think Dean Ambrose and Samoa Joe teaming together and both turning on Seth Rollins is is a, is a highly interesting scenario. That piques my interest. The idea that Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins with Dean Ambrose as a bad guy for the Intercontinental title. I love it. Because Seth Rollins as Intercontinental Champion would raise the stake of that title and to me, he strikes me as a guy who could do for that title what Mr. Perfect did for it. Seth Rollins. If he beats Dean Ambrose for it and Dean Ambrose as a bad guy is... I love. I just love, love, love. The Miz and Maurice were drafted to SmackDown which was a surprise to me and a surprise to a lot of people and a bummer for me. You know, a real bummer. Uh, I was really looking forward to a summer of seeing The Miz and AJ Styles having a rivalry for the WWE Championship, uh, preferably with The Miz spending some time as the bad guy champion. But I don't think that, that that's a scenario anymore. I don't think The Miz is in the running for that uh, United States, I mean for that Universal title anymore now that Brock has it. I'm not interested in seeing The Miz beat Brock. I'm interested in seeing The Miz beat Randy Orton and having AJ chase him for the WWE Championship. You could have, you know, like, I'm not interested in seeing The Miz's Intercontinental Champion again. We've seen it before. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Triple H can start some kind of a faction. I mean, it'll be interesting if, if Samoa Joe and The Miz get along, but the problem is The Miz doesn't get along with anybody. Even as a bad guy, a guy like Samoa Joe and a guy like The Miz do not interact properly together. So I'm not exactly sure where The Miz fits on Raw, but hopefully he'll maintain everything that he's built up over the last, uh, whatever it's been, six, seven months, because it's been the stuff of legends. I've just loved everything The Miz has done. And, you know, I do wish he was staying on SmackDown, because I do think on SmackDown you're talking about a scenario where he could easily be the champion and that is simply 
Simply not the case on Raw. Maybe he starts a, a big-time rivalry with the Drifter. I don't know. Stranger things have happened. That's the state of wrestling this week. You want to get a Sam Roberts t-shirt, don't forget to go to notsam.com slash merch. That's notsam.com slash merch, and you can get yourself a Not Sam Wrestling Podcast t-shirt, a not, or, or a Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirt, a Not Sam Mode t-shirt, anything, anything you want. Tweet me at NotSam, and please, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes. They really, really help us. And uh, I'll see you next week. By the way, you're going to love the interview next week. Let's just say uh, we get the scoop on some characters on a certain uncovered internet wrestling show from down below us geographically with a dog's hand in a region. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. You crack that code, and I'll see you next week here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.